comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Mesa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hit. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. And just like that, the playoffs looked a lot, lot more likely. Welcome into the live postgame show. Mark Farzana, Devin Caney, Derek on John McFaul will be joining us just in a couple of moments. Welcome into the show, everybody. Great to have you on board. I am just beyond uh, happy that the game ended the way it did as far as the Eagles getting their 40 points in this game. Guys, there was a lull there for a while after the first quarter. A bit of a lull, a bit of a lull, big lull. And then they rounded out things a little bit better. They were Jalen Hurts scrambling. Uh, Gunner, I know you'll like this. That was his Randall Cunningham, Carl Banks moment right there. Breaking ankles there of the defensive lineman trying to tackle him there. Loved every second of that because that reestablished momentum at least a little bit for the Eagles as they get the big victory today, Gunner. Um, what a game for Jalen Hurst today. Uh, three rushing touchdowns. Uh, you know, you and, and you're right. I, I love to see quarterbacks uh, that can not just run the ball and pick up necessary first downs, but can be elusive and also put defenders on their highlight reels. And you talk that was like an Allen Iverson crossover right there on that particular <laughs> run. But that game got just a little bit too close for comfort there for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, the Saints being in such a deficit with uh, all the talent they had out in this game. You know, not having an Alvin Kamara, both in the running game and the passing game, makes a huge difference. You know, Michael Thomas not even playing this season for them. They're, you know, the big body wide receiver has been huge. Not having two starting tackles. You know, you go back to last week against Denver. They go up against the Broncos team that was minus three starting uh, offensive linemen. They come in in this game, and they're, they go up against a, a Saints team minus two uh, Pro Bowl caliber offensive tackles, and they did exact, exactly what they were supposed to do in this game. Mm-hmm. They certainly did. Well, th- that and a little bit more, uh, Devin, they just kept on adding. Well, they kept on adding mm-hmm. until they didn't. And uh, I don't want to get yelled at for not being positive again, you guys. You know, I think Uh-oh. we were all uh, pleasantly there, surprised after there the we go. Game last week. The but can we talk cloud. about the second half? Can we talk about the second half? And I'm sure we're going to dissect it, you know, as much as we can throughout this show. But what happened? You know, the first half. We were dominating, absolutely dominating. Uh, And I still think there's something to be said about, you know, going for three when we should be getting six uh, and seven points. Um, So, again, don't want to be this, like, cloudy, dark, dark storm coming in to rain on everyone's parade. But uh, I think we showed promise once again. And as we always mention, we want to see adjustments. Uh, It was a win, but I think the end takes away uh, it being a good, clean win. I think there's still some work to be done there. And I do, I agree with that. The first quarter really set up the rest of this game for a little mm. bit of disappointment because it set the bar so high. And you're right. When they were kicking all those field goals, you're going, all right, they're getting points. That's good. But you can't keep settling for field goals. 
and you were waiting for Jalen Hurts to maybe break a run again or maybe throw for a touchdown. He had the one to Dallas Goddard ended up getting called back because Devontae Smith got called for the offensive pass interference. Yeah. Uh, you had to play a little bit later in that same possession, I believe it was, where if there was one throw I could look at Jalen Hurts and say I, he probably wishes he had that one back was the ball to Devontae Smith where he was forced out of bounds. That ball needed to come out a little bit sooner. But really, you were just waiting for the offense to start clicking into high gear again like they had throughout the entire first quarter, a little bit of the first half entirely. Second quarter started to wane, a little, wane away a little bit. But you're right, in that second half, you felt like Nick Sirianni was taking his foot off the gas a little bit with this offense. They got away from things that they were doing really well. The Saints started to click it into high gear for themselves. Trevor Simeon started making some plays. And you were wondering, all right, when are you guys going to take control again? And that's when your quarterback stepped up and made a play. I know it was late. I know it might have been, um, you know, it might have been too long before or too long between touchdowns. When you look at the fact they didn't score a touchdown from the first quarter all the way to the fourth quarter. And yeah. between there, you were looking at just the defensive touchdown with Darius Slay, which is great. And we'll talk about that. But in terms of watching the offense go from this unstoppable machine in the first quarter to then having to wait. And when they waited, they did get someone to step up and make that play. And that was Jalen Hurts. And I can't say it enough. That play for me was reminiscent of the Carl Banks Monday Night Football game with uh, Randall Cunningham and Randall Cunningham not being denied and still getting the touchdown on that particular play. And that was what it was like for me to watch Jalen Hurts on that play, make sure he wasn't denied to get his team back into the end zone for the first offense, that is, uh, into the end zone for the first time since the first quarter. You have to give some credit to the Saints, even though the score was lopsided. I mean, this was a team that was number one in the league against the run. Very good defensive personnel. So while the Eagles did jump on them, you know, the Saints made some 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 necessary uh, adjustments to slow slow the uh, Eagles engine down a little bit. Eagles picked it back up. And of course, the Saints made one final push at it uh, as well. Sean Payton is one of the best coaches in, in National Football League, period. Uh, and, and I was interested. It was very interested to see how Nick Sirianni uh, would match up in coaching strategy against a, a Sean, Sean Payton team. Um, and obviously, the Eagles had the advantage. Uh, in a lot of areas in this game, again, because of health issues with the Saints. But that's what you do. You beat up on uh, you, you beat up on a wounded sister in the National Football League. Nobody has pity on anybody who comes in injured. Um, and, and I thought the Eagles did a very good job. I, the, the thing I really wanted to see the most was this Eagles running attack against the number one run defense in the <laughs> National Football League. And the Eagles had 152 yards rushing uh, in the first half against this particular defense. They finished it with 244 yards. Now, granted, again, the quarterback uh, had, what, 10, 12 carries, mm -hmm. leading the way in the rushing department. But your other running backs are averaging six, seven yards a carry. The offensive line up front did an incredible job in their zone blocking. The backs did a great job of hitting the hole. That one stretch in the third quarter where uh, Jordan Howard got the ball, I think, on four consecutive plays. He picked up 13, 11, 12. He had 48 yards rushing on one series, I believe it was. And then, of course, unfortunately, he got hurt. But it was mano and mano in this particular game. Their run offense against their run defense, and the Eagles thoroughly, thoroughly outmanned them in that regard. Um, the, the Saints were relatively healthy on defense compared to their offense. But the Eagles, the Eagles' offensive line imposed their will on the Saints' front seven. And, man, it's a beautiful thing to watch. And, again, it's like we've been talking about time and time again. When you can control the clock and move the sticks – and keep the opposing team offense off the field, a lot of times it will bode well in your favor. And once again, the Eagles ran the ball 48 times in this game. We thought 40 was a lot. 
what year is it? What year is it, Gunner? Like, I feel like this is a decade of football I haven't seen. Like, this doesn't happen anymore. It's amazing. Right, right. You know, they're averaging. Before this game, they were averaging over the last three games, 42 rushing attempts for 209 yards. Those numbers are going to go up after today's 48 carries for 244 yards. And rightfully so. Um, and, you know, you know, kudos to Nick Sirianni. He finally, he's finally figured out what his strength is. Don't put the onus on the shoulders of your young quarterback. Continue to let him mature in a very comfortable environment, which is let your offensive linemen do the work up front, let the backs do the work behind you, and then, of course, uh, sprinkle in your RPOs and your option plays and let Jalen Hurts do his thing because, uh, obviously, when he gets an open field, he's a dangerous man. And the formula is working right now. So it's amazing how a few weeks ago, wasn't that long ago, everybody in the tri-state region, you know, fire, fire Nick Sirianni, get rid of him, he's a bum, uh, fire Jonathan Gannon, he doesn't know what the heck he's doing. Now all of a sudden I'm looking at social media, everybody's singing the praises for a team that's now very much in the conversation about the playoff picture. Yeah. Because they win tiebreakers with a couple of teams that are ahead of them right now. They were they were tenth in a tiebreaker scenario coming in, or the playoff picture coming in. Now they're creeping up a little bit more with six games to play. And you look at the last six opponents they're going to face, all very winnable games for this Eagles team. We could be talking about an Eagles team heading to the playoffs. Mm. Yeah, we could be. Yeah, we, we definitely could be. And uh, just to distill a point a little further that you had made talking about the run game there, Gunner. What was you say? 152 yards in that first half running? 152 in the first half. 152 in the first half. Uh, so the Saints, on average, came into this game, as you mentioned, with the best run defense in the NFL, only allowing 72.9 rushing yards per game. Yes. So in the first half alone, the Eagles doubled that. In the entire game, right. they tripled mm -hmm. that number. Mm -hmm. So that's why I know everyone's like, oh, you can't run against because they're number one run defense. Well, if you remember, when they started running the ball against the Bucks who at that same time, who at that time when they were playing that Thursday night game, were the number one run defense in the NFL. They actually had success running the ball in the mm -hmm. second half of that game. That's right. when you started to see them change things over a little bit to, all right, maybe we should incorporate this run a little bit more, you think? So then they finally did it. And then over the last now four weeks, you have seen this Philadelphia Eagles team be a run-first team, and it's not even close. I mean, you went up today against the best run defense in the NFL, tripled their numbers on average. You also went up against the 26th best, 26th worst, if you really think about it, uh, pass defense in the NFL. And Jalen Hurts had, what, like 150 yards, if that, today, in terms of what he did in the mm -hmm. passing game? So it's a complete about face if you go by the numbers, which is fine because the Eagles did something today that I, we've all been asking. Sometimes you just got to play the best version of yourself. And not worry about what the other teams can do. Say, okay, this is what we do best. We're going to throw it in your face and see if you can stop it. Today, the Saints really couldn't stop it. To the tune of tripling their uh, rushing yeah. yards per, per game average. Incredible. And, you know, Mark, I do have to shout out because I know uh, we talked about this a little bit earlier this week. Uh, I got some heat on Twitter because on our show last week, even though Jonathan Gannon finally had a pretty good game, I said he wasn't off the hook yet. I said he had to prove himself. And I do think I will say he did that today. So, again, let's see if he keeps it up going into next week. But uh, I want to shout out the Eagles linebacker position. I mean, obviously still not an ideal situation. It's still a position. Uh, that we tend to ignore. But in terms of most improved position on the Eagles right now, I would argue that guys like TJ Edwards and Davion oh, yeah. Taylor have been incredible, mm -hmm. uh, especially this game. And I think that was a big factor uh, in not that the Saints have an extremely potent offense, but I liked what I saw from our defense 
for the second game in a row. So I want to get that out there early in this show <laughs> so people don't come for me again. Because look, Jonathan Gannon, he's moving up in my book, still not completely sold. Uh, but I did like what I saw. <laughs> She's showing humility. That's what's happening. She shows I'm admitting like maybe, maybe I was wrong. I'm yeah. not saying I was wrong just yet, but you know, <laughs> we're learning. Yeah. See, here's the thing. I, I'm not. See, you, you, you have something that I like to call Devin. You, you like to call. Uh, I like to call it class. That's what you have. Me, <laughs> me, not so much. Uh, I, I, I where, where, where was this earlier in the season? We were yelling right. from the top of our lungs. Be a little bit more aggressive defensively. Don't blitz every play, but mix it in. They did that today, and it worked. They did it last week, and it worked. Run game, same type of thing. When are they going to mix this in? When are they going to use that? And we waited for four weeks. The last four mm -hmm. weeks, they've finally been doing it, and it's been working for them. So, Gunnar, I know everyone wants to say, oh, you can't listen to fans, otherwise you end up sitting with them. Fans called this pretty good, got to say. We, in conversation post-game, we had it pretty good. Um, I would say that the first portion of the season for uh, Nick Sirianni trying to figure out exactly what he had and how to utilize them to the best of their ability was an experimental process, you know, a little trial and error. And then he finally realized, okay, now that we've stabilized the offensive line, now that we, I know we have a, a stable of running backs that can handle the load. All right, now let's start strategizing in terms of what our identity is. And over the last four weeks, the Eagles have defined what their identity is going to be. We are going to pound the football at you, stop us if you can. And if you can't stop us, we're going to keep running you over into the dirt until the game, game is over. When you run the ball 48 times against an opponent, you watch the body language of that opponent, opponent trying to stop it. You see guys with their hands standing around on their hips, on their, on their knee pads. So they're worn down after a while, not just, just physically, but mentally as well. They're worn down. Their attack mode is diminished to a certain degree. You know, when you're not having success containing the run and, and stonewalling them at the line of, a scrimmage, a line of scrimmage and all of a sudden – they're picking up six yards, they're picking up eight yards, they're picking up nine yards. The longer you're on the field, the more demoralizing it is. The Eagles ran 77 plays in this game. 77 plays, most of them were by way of the run. And if, that takes a lot of steam out of defenses in terms of trying to defend what you're throwing at them. And then when you have a quarterback like a, a Jalen Hurts, who's also carrying the ball 10, 12 times, and he's scoring three rushing touchdowns, averaging, what, six, seven, eight yards a carry. That's even more demoralizing. So everything right now is falling into place for this team. And I said it on a, my pregame show today on 97.5, and we had a great argument and discussion about it. I said, if the Eagles won this game, you have to very much consider them a playoff team. There's a possibility. Oh, yeah. And I emphasize the word possibility. They could run the table. Now, of course, they still have <laughs> they still have five, they still have five division games. You know the Giants, but when you look at the quarterbacks they're going to face up until Dak Prescott, the last game of the season, and of course Dallas could already have should, Dallas already should have the division locked up. Number one, number two, probably will have the seating locked up. Dallas won't need that game. Basically, they're going to cash it in and, and, and save it for the playoffs. So, uh, leading up to that game, who are you facing? Daniel Jones twice, Taylor Heineke twice. Uh, Joe Flacco or Zach Wilson, any, any name among them scare you in any way, shape, or form? We're not talking about Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes. You know, we're not talking about quarterbacks of that caliber. Mm -hmm. These are very beatable quarterbacks, very beatable teams. And the Eagles can use the same method uh, against these quarterbacks as they used the last couple of games. Attack, mm -hmm. attack, attack. 
They have finally, you know, unleashed the hounds in the last couple of games. They did exactly on defense what I expected them to do. Why would you show? Why would you show Trevor Simeon any respect? What has he done in the National Football League to command any respect? And of course, you saw he couldn't handle the pressure in a lot of cases. Jonathan Gannon is bringing his cornerbacks up. They're playing more bump and run the last couple of games now. And when you when you have corners that can play bump and run, what it does basically is make the quarterback hold the ball just a little bit longer. And the more he holds the ball, the more the guys up front have a chance to get in his face, better pat down, get a shot on him, move him off his spot. That's exactly what we've seen the last couple of weeks from Teddy Bridgewater into this game against Trevor Simeon. Yeah, I think you're referencing the first uh, third and 11 that the uh, the, Bron- the Broncos. Uh, now, Simeon, they just played the Broncos, so now I'm right. the Broncos. They just played the Saints. Uh, the third and 11 that they got them on, you had Epps and you had Maddox blitzing on that particular play. I believe that was where they forced a bad throw, and yeah. then they were able to uh, flourish after that. And once you saw that, you went, okay, Jonathan Gannon, let's see what you got for the rest of the day. And you saw a couple of different five-man rushes. You saw another corner blitz a little bit later in the game. Right. They played a much more aggressive style of football because of what you just said, talking about a lack of respect for Trevor Simeon, and that's exactly how they had to play this game. It would have been one of those situations where it was so obvious what they had to do. If they wouldn't have done it, right. all the haters would have been back out when it came to Jonathan Gannon and his style of uh, mm-hmm. defense because you can't call it a scheme, but his philosophy is that to sit back and wait for them to make a mistake. He didn't do that today. He, again, tried to force the quarterback into making mistakes. And that's what a lot of us have been screaming from the top of our lungs for them to do throughout this entire season. And you finally saw that again today. So, for me, I, I thought that was a big win for the Eagles defensive coordinator. You saw Fletcher Cox in this particular game mm-hmm. split a couple uh, double teams, which was great to see, forcing the fumble on that other one. Almost had a safety on Trevor, Trevor Simeon when he got into the end zone there. Uh, that was It was overall, really, I thought, a really good game by your uh, defensive line. Josh Sweat had a couple of hurries in this game. I'm I'm very impressed with what I saw from a defensive effort for the vast majority of this game before they started to get into that uh, chuck it up mode. And someone came out of the witness protection program. Ryan Kerrigan made a few appearances today. <laughs> yeah, how I about that? He was on the Eagles, so even yeah. he played his part. Can't complain. Yeah, I think he was involved in that. Um, the same play on it was another third down play. Josh Sweat got the pressure. I think Kerrigan was coming in from the other side as well in that same play. It was the play that. Mm-hmm. They threw to three Eagles, and one of them was Darius Slade, and he almost had a pick six in that quarter. I think it was the first quarter of the game as well. So that was something that definitely was great to see from this Eagles defense. A lot of times, getting pressure on a quarterback is just as important, if, in, in, in a lot of cases more important, than actually sacking the quarterback. When you can make him hurry a throw or become one-dimensional, looking uh, at one target, zoning in on one target to the point he's telegraphing the pass, i.e., mm-hmm. The uh, pick by Darius Slade, which he returned for a touchdown. Great anticipation by Slade to get a jump on the ball. But, you know, you could tell at that particular time, Simeon's honed in on the outside receiver. Darius Slade read it, jumped in front of him, took it to the house. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, all of a sudden, quarterbacks start seeing ghosts also. When you start getting in their faces, a lot of quarterbacks don't want to get hit. They're the pretty boys of the National Football League. That's why all the league rules were changed to protect the quarterbacks. You know, the league wants the quarterbacks, the marquee players, so to speak, upright and breathing. They're the stars of the show week in and week out in the National Football League. But defensive players, the more that happens, the more it ticks them off. They want to get their shots on a quarterback. So even if you don't you don't get them on the ground, just get your head on them. Even if you get your hand on them, let them know that you're going to be there all afternoon. And all of a sudden, quarterbacks start thinking a little bit differently, especially those that are not seasoned-type quarterbacks. Trevor Simeon uh, um, you know, is not a seasoned-type quarterback. He's been in the league a few years, but hasn't played a whole lot, you know, when you think about it. And, 
and so that's why exactly where the Eagles had him. Blitz him right from the start. Let him know this is what you're going to get a dose of all day long, and it changes the complexion of a quarterback like a Trevor Simeon. I want to just shout out a guy real quick, uh, Pasquale Conilio. I think I'm saying your name right. Um, said he wasn't a big fan of our defense giving up 29 points, which is a fair point to make. Mm. But I will say this, and, and Gunnar, I want to direct this question at you because I, I still don't know what to make of this. We all, Trevor Simeon is not a good quarterback. You didn't face a good offense today because obviously you, you didn't have Alvin uh, Kamara with you as well. Mm -hmm. But what are you to make of an offense that consistently just puts up points late when they're not really in the game anymore? They scored 22 points in the fourth quarter against this Eagles team. Two weeks ago, they scored 22 points against the Falcons in the fourth quarter after Tre Trevor Simeon had a terrible fumble in that game. Last week, nothing worth bragging about, but they still scored uh, nine fourth quarter points against the Titans. What are you to make up of an offense? Is it just chalking up to garbage time and the defense stops caring? Is that what you saw? Or is it just take that long for the offense to find rhythm? I'm not going to say uh, they didn't. They stopped caring. I'm basically saying they went in prevent mode. Okay. They, had the, they had this team right where they wanted them. We see this all the time in the National Football League. Teams that are attacking a lot of times, once they get a comfortable league, they call up the dogs. All they want to do is keep everything in front of them. Make the opposition use up the clock out of desperation and keep everything in front of them and try to get off the field without any more injuries in, in a game. And I think that's what happened with the Eagles. They basically called off the dogs. Now, you lost Darius Slay, obviously, to a potential head injury. you know. And, of course, the, the, the Saints – you know, inch their way back in the game, made it interesting for a few moments before, you know, Hurts finally sealed the deal for him. But that happens all across the National Football League. It's, it's just it's just the way it is. I, it drives me nuts when teams go into, you know, uh, prevent mode. But I understand why it's necessary in a lot of cases. Um, and, and, and that's a part of the strategy in terms of trying to make a team hopefully, you know, use the clock, stay, stay between the out-of-bounds lines, and basically help you do your job, which is to preserve a, a win. Um, but, you know, okay, they gave up 22 points. So be it. Who got the W? You know, right? I, yeah, I, I don't care about the points given up. I want to know who got the W. The home team got the W, their first home win in, in a year. That's all that matters. Well, I think the one thing that concerns me to, to your point, Derek, is that, you know, against better teams, against a team that doesn't have their backup quarterback in uh, and a few guys injured, you know, that that concerns me. You don't want to let up the steam. Um, I think, you know, we talked about adjustments and improvements, improvements up until now. And now I think the key word is going to be consistency, because I do think they let off the gas a bit. The Eagles did. But I also think it was just inconsistent on both sides of the ball and the, in, especially in the second half um, and after the first quarter. And I think when you're up against the Cowboys, you're not going to win. If you do that, it, it might work against the Broncos and the saints, but when we go up against, I mean, I know our schedule is pretty easy against divisional opponents like the giants, but uh, you never know. And, and like that, that I think is the one key that uh, I'm going to look for at least moving forward is right. just consistency, especially play calling Nick Sirianni and Jonathan Gannon. Well, you know, opponents also get paid to play the game. You know, it's it's a pride factor involved in a lot of ways. Um, you keep fighting no matter what. You know, you know, teams. You think whether you get beat by one point or hundred points, you keep playing the game. Or if if a coach feels that you're not giving a hundred percent effort, no matter what, win, lose, or draw, you're going to be sitting your butt on the bench. And in some cases, could be looking for work as well. Um, you know, so at that particular point. You know, the Saints identified what they wanted to do to try to inch their way down the field to get back in this game. Eagles did have some breakdowns, but again, I, I think mentally uh, they were borderline out of this game, you know, once they had a big comfortable lead. And, uh, and they woke up just in time to make some plays when they had to. 
the offense, I think, kind of let up as well. They got they got back in, in tune and made some necessary plays when they had to uh, to put this game away. And it's a learning lesson, a learning lesson for all parties involved, the coaching staff and the players alike. A lot of these players have played this game at this level for a long time. They know what they should and should not do, but you have a lot of younger players as well who are learning along the way. And it only benefits them down the road in terms of how they approach uh, games uh, over the last six weeks of the regular last seven games. In, what What are they now? Six, five and six. So they have five six games seven. left. You know, yeah. I knew math is killing me. So, uh, <laughs> so basically over the last six games, six games in seven weeks, you know, I think this bodes well for them in terms of uh, a valuable learning tool in terms of how you finish out a game down a stretch. Yeah, that's that's why I tried doing the math for the good people of Philadelphia when I, uh, you know, multiplied 72.9 times three and realized yeah. it was still less than the Eagles <laughs> allowed today. You, you so were that was close, good. You were I was good. I know. Yeah. I was on. I was on. I was yeah. doing that. Beep, bop, beep, bop, bop. I was hitting the calculator. It was pretty great. Uh, Gunner, uh, Devin, when we come back, because we got to take a break, uh, live post game show. But uh, here's something that we got to get into. There was a couple of things that, uh, speaking of numbers, this is something I love saying. Uh, numbers never lie but they sure as hell can deceive. There was one particular instance of that happening in today's game. And also there was a standout star of this game. That was, might've been the brightest shining light on this Eagles offense in the early goings of this game that we'll talk about when we come back coming up a little bit later, John McMullen will be joining us from the stadium to give us all the, uh, all the, the, the things people were saying after the game from the press conferences and whatnot. And that's when we return here on live post game show Presented by Ocean Casino Resort. Go for the live show. Go for the win. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go to get your spin on. Go to get your spa on. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub. And in your drink. Go for the steaks. And the steak. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. You know you like being right. That's why you should enroll in an Independence Blue Cross plan. It's the health plan chosen by more people than any other. With more doctors and hospitals. More benefits that really rock. More of the coverage you want for the right price, including free doctor visits 24-7. It's a choice you can feel good about. Because when you're right, you're right. And when you've got Independence Blue Cross, you're right where you need to be. Call 1-844-200-2583 today to get an Independence Blue Cross plan. On the field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. 
At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back. Live post-game show. Mark Farzetta, Derek Gunn, Devin Caney with you. Uh, welcome in to all the people watching on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. We're uh, trying to keep up with your comments. A lot of them are coming in. We really, we really appreciate the commentary. Uh, and also, uh, 6abc.com, of course. Now, looking at the stat sheet, uh, it says that Jordan, or excuse me, that Miles Sanders had uh, one fumble. But did he really? Or did he have two? Because it seemed like we were really eager for Miles Sanders to come back. And he had 94 yards. So it looks like, statistically speaking, the numbers say he had a great game. But I think what most people will take away from this particular game is the fact that he put the ball on the ground once officially, twice after the whistle had blown. Should we be concerned about Miles Sanders and the old, uh, the old fumble machine there? I agree 100%. You should be. And I guarantee you words going to get out that you can slap the ball out of Miles Sanders' hands. If I'm the running back coach, I'm going over ball security with him all week long next week in practice because it could come up in a situation where it could be a crucial point of a game. And if you're considered a running back who will give up the football every now and then, that means you're not going to be getting as many touches as you would like to get. And especially for a Miles Sanders who missed three games and had to sit there and anxiously watch, three other running backs have – you know, excellent success over the last three weeks in terms of running the football and, oh, by the way, not putting the football on the ground. You know, Nick Sirianni basically has told us that Miles Sanders is his feature back when he's healthy. You know, Miles Sanders will play, and he did play in this game today. We wondered how his stamina would be after being out for three weeks, but obviously he was ready to go. But you cannot put the football on the turf. If you put the football on the turf, you're going to hear from your coaches. You're going to be doing more sitting than actual playing. Devin, are you worried about Miles? Yes, absolutely. Um, especially when you make a killer mistake like that after coming back. And look, I don't want to create, we've, we've already dealt with our share of quarterback controversies. I really don't want any more, you know, running back controversies. Everyone's been talking about Kenneth Gainwell sitting and it, look, Miles Sanders is an incredible player. Maybe he was rusty, but when you fumble the ball, when we are on such a roll up 14, nothing, and not only, did the Saints then score after that? It takes the steam out of the Eagles offense and entire team. And Avante Maddox got injured. Am I saying that's Miles Sanders' fault? No, I'm saying it just was a momentum shift. And stuff like that shouldn't happen when you're the starting running back. Uh, and everyone's kind of – there's chatter about everyone's excitement with you coming back. And I just know that this week the argument's going to be, you know, should Kenneth Gainwell come back? Miles Sanders, should we use him as much? And it's a problem. He just has to get it under control. And I, I don't know if the reasoning is, you know, maybe – 
that's just who he is as a player. Maybe he's got to hold on to the ball better. Maybe he was just rusty. You know, yeah. maybe we give him the benefit of the doubt. But uh, I do know yeah. I'm still happy with Jordan Howard and Boston Scott. See, I'll say I'm more along the lines of the benefit of the doubt with Miles Sanders. And I know fumbles and holding on to the football has been an issue with him in training camp. We remember a lot of stories about mm -hmm. how he wasn't able to catch a ball out of the backfield. So there's been issues there. But when you haven't played in three or four weeks and you're coming back from an injury and all of a sudden, like, let's not forget, Miles Sanders left this offense and it was a pass, 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 happy offense. He comes back. It's a run dominant offense. So it's almost like he comes into a whole new defense or offensive scheme. So when Miles Sanders comes back into it, I think it's even more reason to look at and say, all right, a little bit more rust. Let's kick that off. Come back next time around. I almost look at it where it's almost it's almost amazing to me that despite the issue we had with the one official fumble and then two for the second time putting the ball on the ground, even though the whistle had blown, I look at it as, wow, even with that, he still had 94 yards on uh, 16 carries, I believe it was, 16 carries, mm -hmm. uh, averaging just under six uh, yards per carry. Yep. So that's that's how I look at it with Miles Sanders. If it wasn't his first game back, I'd be losing my mind over it. But I still maintain mm -hmm. what I thought going into this game, which was very simple. Miles Sanders, I always have, fe have felt, is one of the most talented running backs in football. He just never had a coach or a scheme that allowed him to show that off and give him mm -hmm. the stats that would support that idea. Now he does. And if this is just a one-time thing, if giving him the benefit of the doubt is the correct thing to do after a game like this, and who knows what's going to happen with Jordan Howard after this game with the injury that he had in this game, which yeah. looked right. like a really bad – it looked bad, but we'll see how bad it is when we talk to uh, uh, John McMullen after, after uh, the press conferences and everything. Uh, but what I saw from Miles Sanders was very encouraging today. And until we get worried on what could happen going forward with the depth in that running back room, I'm still very eager to see what he could do for this football team going forward if they continue to be a run-first team. Well, that's the only way you can approach it right now. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and Miles is going to be your feature back. But again – the word is going to get out that you can strip you can strip the ball from Miles Sanders. Mm. It's something that he has to work on day in and day out uh, for the rest of this season. Because what if that had happened at a crucial point of the game, a, a pivot shifting moment in the game? He fumbles not only fumbles the ball but fumbles inside the ten yard line mm. and gives the momentum back to a better offensive team or to a better team overall with better personnel. Um, you're going to have a problem, you know. Uh, especially in terms of trying to attack again, because then you're going to be in a situation that you put opponents in over the past several weeks, a team trying to play desperation football, trying to catch up and hoping that things go in your favor. And sometimes it doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. You know, again, you know, you look around the national football league today, uh, a few crazy things have happened again today for like the fifth consecutive weeks. Teams coming out of nowhere to win games they're not supposed to win. Yeah, how about that Carson Wentz, baby? How about that Carson Wentz? <laughs> well, by Carson Wentz, I mean Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, I was going to say, I say it's more so Jonathan Taylor yeah, than Carson, is, Carson Wentz. <laughs> Jonathan yeah, Taylor I, doesn't do anything for us. It's all about what Car if Carson's playing or not. <laughs> but I, but I, I picked I pick Buffalo to win that game. I picked yeah. Buffalo, yeah. when you look at the personnel they have on offense and defense and the way they had played the last game, I thought Buffalo would come out ticked off and would thoroughly dominate. I said I said earlier today that I thought the Colts were the best average team in the National Football League. And by that I meant they've had situations where they, they should be like a two-loss or a three-at-loss at the most team, but do some things that just shoot themselves in the foot. And they came out today, and they looked like Buffalo. They they looked like they were the home team. You know, what was the score? 41-15 and Jonathan uh, Taylor? Yeah, yeah. Uh, mm. Five touchdowns? So, again, 
you know, you just you just don't know each and every week. How about Washington rising up? First of all, I'm thinking they're coming off that incredible high of upsetting Tampa Bay last week. Cam Newton's coming back for Carolina. Oh, no, they go into Carolina, hold Carolina to 21 points a day and beat Carolina. And then the real shocker, the Texans beating the Titans in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm happy for David Culley. David Culley's a great guy. I'm happy for him. But, but again, are you kidding me? The Texans winning in Tennessee. So, again, you look at this Eagles team. Everything that went right for them today could go wrong the next week. You just have to be on focus at all points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, bad, bad, week, bad, bad week for pickums. I can confirm. <laughs> I feel like this whole season, this is the craziest NFL season I can remember. You know, Eagles themselves are are just confusing at this point because right. you know, Mark, you're shouting it from the rooftops just a few weeks ago. Run the ball, run the ball. You know, all hope is lost. We're saying we're hitting rock bottom. Everyone's making fun of Nick Sirianni for talking about flowers, and now here we are. So. It's you really can't predict anything. And that's also why, you know, going into this game, everyone's uh, or not everyone. A lot of people were pretty confident. And I was like, truly, I don't I have no clue what Eagles team we're going to get and what Saints team we're going to get week in and week out with this NFL season. Considering considering the way the Eagles have played as of late, are you guys ready to smell the roses? (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm not. But you know what? I know what I am ready to do. Uh, Let's go. You know what, uh, Gunner? Let's go with the other catchphrase that has come about from the Eagles in the last couple of weeks. Oh, you know. What did Jalen Hurts do after his uh, touchdown against the Broncos? His second no, touchdown no, against no. the Broncos? That's the one I'm going with. No, the whole no, flowers no. and fertilizer thing. Uh, yeah. no, the no, one, no. the other one, the one that he was, uh, yeah, that's the one I'm going with. <laughs> the one they can't say. Why, why am I not surprised, considering for how long I've known you? I'm not yeah. surprised one bit that that's what you're going with instead of Everything's coming up roses right now. <laughs> well, well, but can we talk about, I think it was Halloween, uh, the Halloween game when we were talking before the show and just the the poetry that was coming from this fertilizer flower conversation. <laughs> what was it? One of you said uh, you it, the metaphors were out of control. It was like, what happens? A weed chokes a flower. A weed is choking the eagles. Just the metaphors were flying left and right. And now we're talking about things coming up, roses, smelling the roses. Yes. Everything's happy yeah. and dandy. What yeah. happened to the weeds, Deegan? They used some weed killer and got rid of the weeds. <laughs> See, they, they prevented the weeds from choking out yeah. the beautiful flowers that have sprung up for this team now. Yeah, either that yeah. or they went, they went and bought a uh, Ghetto Boys cassette and they went and listened to that a couple of times. What? What? <laughs> he's still, he Mark's like, I'm not talking about flowers or fertilizer. Yeah, I'm not done with flowers. Flowers, ah. Yeah, no flowers. <laughs> ah, I'm, I'm with the other one. I'm with the other one. Uh, but real quick, um, there, I mentioned a rising star, and the guy has the guy the guy has risen as a star. The guy is a star, as far as I'm concerned. Um, but before, real quick, let me just tell you that uh, you can't forget that uh, the, the scroll below you can get 15 percent off stateside vodka because we are fueled, as you can see right here, fueled by stateside vodka. 15 percent off by using promo code Jacob. That's Jacob J A K I B for 15 percent off a one liter bottle. Go to statesidevodka.com. Um, can we be any more in love with Jordan Mailata at this point and what yeah, he's done yeah. so far? And like, as like, just like the, the maturation process of watching him get drafted as a guy that never played football before a rugby player, you know, we all know the backstory. And then he emerges into this guy that is just a, a force on the left side of the line of scrimmage, an absolute force at the left side. And then today he and Davenport get in that little scrum later in the game. But if you remember, I believe it was in the first quarter. See if you get this reference. Jordan Mailata tries to Chris Baker 
Davenport in that game because Davenport pushed Jalen Hurts on a play that I thought should have been flagged. He was a step out of bounds when he made contact with him to push him again. There was no flag thrown. Mylotta took issue with it because he was hitting his quarterback when he shouldn't have, got in his face, was jawing with him a little bit, went back and forth, and then later in the game, things started to boil over a little bit. But bottom line, the other play that really made that jumped out was Jordan Mylotta also pushing uh, uh, Cameron Jordan uh, over, or uh, yeah, Cameron Jordan over with one arm in this game. So I look at this particular game as a huge, not that he needed a coming out party, but a big exclamation point to add to a bunch of exclamation points from Jordan Mylotta's season so far. That, that man is like a house on two legs. <laughs> six, six, eight. No, he's a freezer, right? What's freezer. Is he the freezer? Yeah, is he go. the freezer? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's the freezer. A freezer on two legs. And, and the way he's developed in such a short amount of time, uh, it just goes again to reassure what what we've, we we have known and should have known a long time about Jeff Stoutland in terms of being the consummate teacher of young offensive linemen. I mean, here's a guy who was a seventh round pick, a project at best. A lot of people didn't even know if they were going to keep him. Eagles keep him on the practice squad, and we're asking why. Why would you waste a practice squad roster spot for a guy who doesn't even understand the game? Well, now we know why because mm-hmm. they saw potential in a guy that a lot of us on the outside looking in couldn't see. And, you know, they didn't have to play him right away because they had the people they wanted. You still had a Jason Peters over there who was a great teacher, obviously. You had guys like Lane Johnson help teach him as well to understand the American football concept. And he's a quick learner, quick study, and doesn't forget things that he's taught. And while it may have taken a while for his technique to catch up to his athleticism and knowledge of the game, and now it's really paying off. And, you know, the Eagles obviously have have, have uh, identified him as a player. They want around their organization for a long time to come. That's one position they feel they won't have to address uh, in the early rounds of the draft next year because they feel they're pretty good, pretty sound, pretty solid on that side of the offensive line. Mm. Yeah, and I don't want to take away, you know, credit from the I do think it's an entire team effort and improvement um, on on all fronts. But I do think, you know, we have to remember that we didn't have a lot of these guys in for a few of those games that were our, you know, rock bottom low point. It's so nice to have my lot of back end playing on his usual side. It's so nice to have Lane Johnson back, our old friend Uh, and our offense, Jason Kelsey, of course, I think there was a play. uh, I'll see if I can find it and bring it up later in the show that just I he's a unicorn. Jason Kelsey is amazing. And I never want him to leave us, even though I know he probably will soon. Uh, but I also think the offensive line and, and Stoutland don't get, uh, I think any offensive line doesn't always get the credit it deserves when it comes to a team's offensive success. So definitely have to tip our caps to them. You know, you know, while you're on that note, and I think the play, you, there's two plays I think you're referencing with, with Jason Kelsey. Was it the one where he was blocking or was it one where he was showing his disgust? He was blocking. He was blocking. blocking. Okay. It was a Sanders run. The 25 yard Sanders run yeah. where he just yeah. got out and started mowing people down. Absolutely yeah. shows just how great he is. And that's, that's when Jason Kelsey is at his best. I mean, people want to think about him on the line of scrimmage as a great center, but what makes him so special is when he gets off the line of scrimmage and he starts getting downfield ahead of running backs right. on a screen player, what have you. That's what makes him so special. Uh, mm. But the other play was, I believe it was the wildcat formation in the goal line situation, not goal line. Um, Red zone, they line up Jordan Howard as Wildcat. When you're moving the ball down the field, whatever, it's what Nick Sirianni wanted to do. It's what they did. And Goddard and and uh, Stoll both jump off sides in, in that play, both false start. And they got a shot of Jason Kelsey just 
shaking his head like that. And at that point, he was all of us because um, I think we all felt that way. Uh, but as far as he is, as far as Jason Kelsey goes throughout this entire game and really throughout this season, he has just been phenomenal. He is having another Pro Bowl season, and he's a guy you can constantly uh, count on as a guy to anchor this offensive line. And I know they said it on the broadcast, which I didn't think was that great of the broadcast, but on a couple of things that they thought they hit on, uh, one of them that was absolutely true was how Jason Kelsey keeps this entire thing going. Oh, there's no question about it. For a man that size to be able to get out in space, snap the ball, get out in space, especially on on wide screens one way or the other, it is phenomenal. He is one of the smartest uh, players in the National Football League, especially along the offensive line. You know, there's going to come a point in time, and who knows, it could be after the season where this team, this organization is really going to miss uh, his presence in the trenches for this organization. Hopefully, you know, Jason is helping groom the next uh, center for this organization, whoever that may be right now. But you you can't you cannot overlook the knowledge that a, a Jason Kelsey brings to the table uh, when he's watching film, and more importantly, when he puts his hands down in the dirt in the trenches uh, and trying to decipher what he's seeing across from them and making sure from tackle to tackle that they're all on the same page. Mm-hmm. No, no doubt about that. Um, there was one thing you hit on, Devin, that I wanted to go back to. Uh, and I think we have we have a minute here to do it. So as the offensive line, we all agree the offensive line played a great game today, right? Like we all, there's no like real thing we can really complain about in this game. For the life of me, I, I don't know if it's a Jalen Hurts thing, and I'm not digging up things on Jalen Hurts because I'm also curious to see whether or not this is a receiver issue as well. Mm. Jalen Hurts had all day to throw on more than one occasion, and I can't remember too many plays where they ended up working out heavily in the Eagles' favor. There was one instance where it looked like he was holding on. Jalen Hurts was holding the football, good protection. Then he finally got it out to Devontae Smith, who ended up having, I believe, a 33-yard reception on the play. So it worked out. But other than that, there were a number of occasions where it looked like Jalen Hurts had all day to sit there in the pocket or maybe get outside a little bit. And nobody was either getting open or he wasn't finding the guys. It's I'm just bringing it up because I'm really looking forward to, I believe the all-22 angles will come out tomorrow coaches film will come out tomorrow as part of nfl game pass and i'm looking to see where guys getting open because Devonte smith one of the great things he's been doing this entire season is getting open uh marshawn Lattimore, pretty good corner that was all over him today so I, i'd like I, i'm looking forward to seeing that answer come out in the next day or two to see whether or not those plays where he had a lot of time to throw were guys not getting open or what i'm really hoping isn't happening you know him not being able to find open targets I think it was more of a case of him, um, uh, of receivers not getting open. For the okay. most part, the Saints kept rushing a four-man front and dropping seven back into coverage. And they were playing a lot of zone defense, and there weren't many lanes for him to throw the ball uh, through, um, especially when they started doubling up Devonta Smith. <clears throat> you know, uh, Dallas Goddard, he got his looks uh, when he was one-on-one in a lot of situations with Malcolm Jenkins. But, you know, instead of trying to force a pass – Jalen Hurts either threw it away or he ran it, stepped up and ran it for some huge real estate uh, to keep the ball in the Eagles' possession. I think that's the way he's going to have to play it. You know, teams are going to drop back and defend the pass. They're going to dare you to beat them with their legs, and it's up to him as a young quarterback to leave the message that whether I'm throwing the football, handing the football off, or, you know, um, or flipping it to any of my players, we're going to find a way to compete to the best of our ability. We're going to find a way uh, to give you guys – everything that we possibly have. So you better be ready for it. Mm-hmm. Well, so is yeah. that what you think happened with the two Goddard passes, Degon in the, I, I think it was third quarter, definitely second half mm-hmm. where it was just two in a row. And 
Uh, a lot of people were kind of, I know Jalen Hurts, we always kind of call out his inaccuracy or potential right. inaccuracy. And I don't know the answer. Uh, or was it coverage? Oh, I definitely think it was coverage. You know, they were yeah. doubling up on the outside in a lot of cases. Um, you know, the safeties were playing back deep. Uh, they were going to rely on their front four to get enough pressure, and it didn't work. Nine times out of ten, it didn't work to the, to the way they liked it. Again, it, you have to give credit to the Eagles' offensive line for, you know, keeping Jalen Hurts in a relatively clean pocket for a lot of the day. Um, but but I think basically that's that's what you're going to be dealing with now from this point on. You know, they're going to double up Devonta Smith. You know, he's already identified himself as a legitimate threat both in the underneath game and the deep game as well. So he's going to command some double team. If you keep running the football the way you run the football, you're going to force opposing safeties to cheat up in the box uh, to try to gain leverage. And that's when you hit them over the top, whether it's with Devonta or, you know, um, you know any of one of their other wide receivers, Quez Watkins. Um, mm-hmm. th- but that's, that's the nature of the chess game that you're going to play. Um, and so far, the last few games, the Eagles have done it extremely well. Right. Again, numbers don't lie, but they do deceive. Uh, Jalen Hurts, 13 to 24, 147 yards, six yards per attempt, uh, 72.7 passer mm. rating. If Dallas Goddard catches those two footballs, and I know he had his first catch today, JJ right. Ortega Whiteside, not to rain on his parade, as short lived as it might be. Don't do uh, it. Don't do it. If he holds his block on the Devontae Smith reception, that's a touchdown. Hey, he did have a catch. The man he had a catch. A, yeah, he had one, had catch, catch. one catch. Yeah, give one that. catch. Lottie da. Uh, anyway, anyway. Uh, hey, when we come back uh, shortly, we're going to be joined by John McMullen uh, in the not too distant future. Here, he'll give us all the uh, latest in the press conferences after the game today. And uh, we'll cover all that with John just a little bit later in the show. But don't forget, the live post game show is presented by Ocean Casino Resort. Go for the live shows, go for the win. More live post game show when we return. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. sometimes of a lot of things joining in decisions the dark the dark but i once heard someone say but as i always say it's okay to be afraid as long as you face the fear and keep moving forward wherever you are in life count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years independence blue cross Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. 
Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go to get your spin on. Go to get your spa on. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub. And in your drink. Go for the steaks. And the steak. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back. Live post-game show. Mark Farzad, Derek Dunn, Devin Caney with you. We are fueled by Stateside Vodka, 15% off a very popular Stateside Vodka Soda. How about that? Huh? A little vodka soda? Who doesn't enjoy a nice vodka soda? Stateside Vodka. Go to statesidevodka.com. It's uh, absolutely delicious, as you can see. Uh, so uh, we're going to be talking to John McMullen a little bit later in the show. Uh, I do want to get this across. Right now, I'm seeing this from Jeff McClain's Twitter uh Darius Slay concussion protocol mm. Darius Slay concussion protocol so we'll see how that goes out how about this these are some of my favorite numbers to come out uh Darius Slay apparently has more touchdowns than uh uh George Kittle so far this season oh, my of other offensive talented players and uh let's see the Lions the rest of the Lions over the last three weeks oh my god Darius Slay three touchdowns uh not too shabby right there for big play Slay yeah, you know, funny, um, you know, people chastised him all last season for not making a big plays, and he's having a heck of a season, and you could argue that he's having a Pro Bowl season again. Um, you know, it's the kind of it's the kind of game he played his last year in Detroit, um, and he didn't quite have that type of success last year. But now, obviously, Jonathan Gannon is turning him loose. You know, these cornerbacks, they want to play bump and run. They don't want to sit back – and let everything come to them. They want to be more assertive, more aggressive. They want to battle. They want to have the hand-to-hand combats with these wide receivers. And, and now that's what Gannon has let them do the last couple of games. And hopefully they will continue to do that moving forward because, again, they're going to face some opponents that they could win a lot of those battles against mm-hmm. uh, in terms of on, on the outside in, in the passing game because the quarterbacks throwing these wide receivers the football are not considered the elite quarterbacks at least over the over the last five or six games. So let these guys play. Their ability to play the way they're playing now indeed helps the guys in the trenches and the linebackers backing them up be more effective in terms of controlling the line of scrimmage and putting more pressure consistently on quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've definitely been seeing the give and take that we talked about a couple of weeks ago. When is the secondary going to help the defensive line in terms of being able to right. get after the quarterback right. a little right. bit? We were, we were screaming about that a couple of weeks ago, and then we started to finally see press coverage a little bit. We started to see these guys play a little bit more in-your-face type of defense, and very similarly to what we have been asking the offense doing, run the football, it's probably be the best version of yourself, take the pressure off Jalen Hurts, let your running backs make some plays, let your awesome offensive line make plays. Right. And now we're watching Jonathan Gannon kind of go through the same type of thing. All right, this might be the best version of us where every once in a while we're going to be aggressive. We're going to get in that backfield. We're going to ha- we're going to help that give and take between the secondary and the defensive line. And I can't help but to think and I and I know this is a it definitely has a negative connotation to it, but I'm I'm not being negative here. When it comes to this 
learning on the job type of mentality and, and idea. I think we have certainly seen Nick Sirianni go through those moments of learning on the job and come out on the other end a better head coach and maybe even more importantly, a better play caller because of it. Are we now seeing Jonathan Gannon go through that same type of process where he went through the he went through the dreck early in the season? He did his guess and test what the best version of my defense. And maybe now he's on the other side of it. Now it's still a 29-point game. A 29-point game is still a 29-point game by any offense and any defense allows, whether it's Alvin Kamara or not, whether it's your starting quarterback or it's your backup in Trevor Simeon, whoever it might be. That's still 29 points allowed. But I have still seen what I believe to be a much better version of this Eagles defense, just like I have seen a much better version of this Eagles offense over the last four mm-hmm. weeks. I'm now seeing Jonathan Gannon start to turn that same corner. And you go, all right, maybe this is the guy. Maybe this is the version of Jonathan Gannon that so many uh, head coaches, so many front offices were coveting for them to be for him to be their defensive coordinator because that's been that was the talk a lot throughout the offseason. Oh, the Eagles actually got this guy. Oh my goodness, he's so good. And now we're finally starting to see maybe what some other teams were actually losing their minds over. I think it was a case of Jonathan Gannon trying to force feed this defensive personnel his style of defense more so than identifying and utilizing uh, the personnel that he had. You know, we all knew going in that the Eagles were not loaded with defensive talent and they were getting exposed in a lot of cases early on in the season. So, you know, for now anyway, cause I'm still not, I'm still not saying Jonathan Gannon is out of the dog house. We've, we've had, oh, boy. Games. we've had back to back games now of Jonathan Gannon calling good defensive concepts. But I still want to see it a few more times. You know, considering what we saw the first part of his uh, season, you know, he makes me a little leery. He's been consistent the last couple of weeks. His defense has put the clamps on on, on offenses and has an, and helped their team win, win games that they need to win. But I'm still just a little leery that he may resort back somewhere down the road to what he was doing before, which would be could be devastating to this team. Uh, first of all, I just want to say to anyone who attacked me for saying that, thank you, D-Gun, for backing me up. I'm going to get – can I get, like, a quote? Whoever does a quote graphics, whoever's listening, can we just get, like, a side-by-side of that? Thank you. Yeah. Um, but, no, I, I totally agree. I think it's – again, consistency is the new word. We've moved past improvement and adjustments, and now I just want to see consistency. Yeah, see, we're in the here and now. And as of right now, Jonathan Gannon has called two pretty good games. Okay, two out of 11, not mm-hmm. bad. Now, let's see if you can get that batting average up a little bit more. Uh, you know, I'm, and like Devin said earlier, I'm not being negative. I'm just being a realist. Mm-hmm. You know, we know what we've seen in the past. We know what we've seen in the recent past and the present. I need to see it a lot more moving forward. You know, because I think if they play that style of defense, it helps that team overall that much more, be a much more competitive and a much better potentially winning type football team. Yeah. Um, you know, Gunner, I believe in making dreams come true. So, Devin, if, if you just go like that for a second. I think James is our social media guy. And I'm sure if you just freeze frame like that, if you just hold that, I'm sure he'll crop it out and then put you <laughs> next to Gunner being like, yeah, what he said. See? And then we'll just put that together. And there we go. There's our it'll go viral. People will pick that up like nobody's business. Come on now. I love it. Uh, James, if you're listening, there you go. Got it. Okay. <laughs> There we go. <laughs> screen grab. We'll send it out. No big deal. Uh, <laughs> so, all right. So we're talking about guys maybe changing the court, turning the corner, and that's what we're all kind of rooting for here at this point. Uh, I am – here's what I'm 
crossing my fingers for that this is the turning point because we went through that whole process and look, they lost the second game where they were a run heavy team. They lost the game against the chargers before being able to do it again, the following week against the Broncos. So now you're looking at four straight weeks of this offense actually doing it. it took two games for them to actually settle into that. Maybe now, and also against the chargers, let's not forget that they blitz more than ever, even though it was by a lot of accounts of people that actually played the game. Those weren't really blitzes because you were still sending four, not five. So when you look at an offense, or a defense start to figure out like that, maybe this is where we're actually seeing them start to realize this is their best version of themselves. This is their true identity as a team that's going to send a linebacker up the middle like they did with Alex Singleton. And you're going to see a quarterback, like, look, you're not going to face that many quarterbacks throughout the rest of the year that are that much better than Trevor Simeon. As you mentioned, Gunner, let's think about this for a second. Daniel Jones twice. Uh, then you also have Tyler Heineke, uh, Heineke twice. You have maybe Joe Flacco once and maybe Dak Prescott once, depending exactly. on how the, exactly. maybe how that, how that, you know, by the time things shape up to the way they're going to be at the end of the season, you might right. not be facing Dak Prescott. You may be facing, facing uh, uh, Rush. So when you look at that particular game, you might not be facing their number one guy either. So if you apply pressure to these people, you're going to force them into mistakes. And Trevor Simeon, by the way, aborted so many plays when he saw that blitz coming. Just That's threw right. it in the ground, That's threw it right. at the feet of the defensive lineman or linebackers coming in over the line of scrimmage. You saw it time and time again throughout this game where he was just like, hell no, boom, mm -hmm. ball on the ground. And that was the end of it. That's forcing somebody else into a mistake yeah. or forcing somebody into just killing a play from the get-go. Quarterbacks don't want to take unnecessary hits. Why would they? Mm -hmm. You know, and, and, you know, obviously he saw it coming. The Saints offensive line blew the pickups. And the Eagles kept coming and kept coming just enough to keep Trevor, you know, off his game. You know, he, he the guy was completing less than 58% of his passes coming into this particular game. He had not turned the ball over. And I do believe the Eagles' pressure on him enabled them to force him to turn the ball over a couple of times. Saints had three turnovers. And as you know, when you have an abundance of, of turnovers in a game, especially at the, the, the NFL level, um, you're not going to win many games. you know. And so basically the Eagles' defense got Trevor to play their game instead of allowing him to play his game. Mm -hmm. No, that's certainly what it looked like today, and and that's what that's really what we've been asking for for a long time. Right. Uh, we did have a couple of moments in this game where it was hold-the-breath moments. Darius Slay going out, concussion protocol. We mentioned that already. Avante mm -hmm. Maddox left the game for a little bit as well after he made a play early in the game. Devin, you're the one that highlighted it, the third and 11 play where Maddox and Epps both got into the backfield for a blitz, which was awesome to see. Uh, but we're still waiting to see what's going to happen regarding Jordan Howard. We're still waiting to see what's going to happen regarding – well, Avante Maddox already addressed the media. He seems good to go. Dallas Goddard looked sharp in this game after he went through concussion protocol. So there's a couple of the guys that are going to be waiting to see how they're going to be doing going forward, whether it's uh, Jordan Howard or whether it's Darius Slay. Slay, again, concussion protocol. Jordan Howard, it looked like – I think they said uh, it was his lower back. He landed on his forehead, yeah. uh, but apparently it was a lower – I almost said lower body injury. Right. Uh, it, it was his back that was bothering him on that particular play, so we'll see exactly what happens there. And John McMullen uh, will be joining us coming up in just a minute, so uh, we hope to talk to him soon and get filled in on everything that happened after the game as far as the press conferences went and what Nick Sirianni had to say uh, when he addressed the rest of the crowd or addressed the uh, rest of the media. Uh, uh, something else that we haven't uh, quite talked about yet, uh, when it comes to the wide receiver position, I referenced it earlier, but how much in need of a second target is Jalen Hurts right now? 
Like Dallas Goddard, I think is legit as a tight end. I think we all admit I can know that. Devontae mm-hmm. Smith, I think is a legit receiver. I think we all know that. But how much are they in need in need of someone to be consistent you know, consistent behind those two? Uh, really, a wide receiver more so than a tight end. Because I don't think Jalen Rager is that guy. And I know right. he had a catch right. again today. JJ, I think a white side ain't that guy. Right. Who's gonna Quez Watkins hey, was they're not gonna, don't take away that catch. I know, right? I, yeah. the guy yeah. made, I wanna know where Quez Watkins was. Yeah, this, yeah, what see, this, this, yeah you, you this, gotta this, give JJ Sago Whiteside that catch though. If this keeps happening, you know, they, Sorry, they keep um, keep omitting uh guys that should be developing more. Quez Watkins has a skill set mm. to be a significant contributor. You can't okay, so you know you you know you gotta throw the ball to Dallas Goddard in hindsight of his big contract now. You're gonna throw him the ball. You know that uh, Devonta Smith is your featured uh, wide receiver because he was a highly drafted number one pick. But you've got to develop some other guys. You know, Quez Watkins has the speed. He sh- he's shown you that he can catch the ball. Has he dropped a few passes? Yes. But what receiver hasn't dropped a few passes along the way? Right. You've got, you've got to get more people involved in your offense. You know, um, I screaming about, I've been screaming about mm-hmm. – getting Boston Scott more touches forever. They finally did that the past couple of weeks out of necessity. Now I'm going to say, where's Greg Ward? Why are you not utilizing this guy? I think he's a very, a very good uh, slot target. And I don't understand why they're not using him as well. Jalen Rager, a lot of people, myself included, ready to give up on Jalen Rager for whatever reason, Mm. you know, you're thinking, okay, here's a young guy. He has the potential to develop, but now he's been in two, Two offensive systems in less than a year, Doug Peterson's and now Nick Sirianni. They didn't throw him a lot last year. They're definitely not throwing to him a lot this year. So is it him or is it a combination of him not getting coached up, so to speak? Nobody's going to know that answer. But, you know, I think um, Rager has the potential to be a serviceable receiver. But you you got to give him a chance. Quez Watkins has a chance to be a very dynamic receiver, but you have to give him more chances. Just not happening for these guys right now. Uh, I forgot that Greg Ward was on the roster. There you go. See, <laughs> That's there why you I go. started laughing. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, not, no, no, this isn't a laughing matter, but um, you know, just for the, if we're not laughing, we're crying, right? Um, Justin Jefferson, hmm. eight receptions today. 169 yards, nice. Two receiving touchdowns. Yep. Justin Jefferson had himself a very nice game. Jalen yep. Rager, uh, not so much. Uh, when we come back, we're going to be joined by <laughs> the great John McMullen. He'll be joining the program today. Uh, look forward to hearing what he has to say as far as uh, all the press conferences went. Uh, don't forget, the year we are presented by Ocean Casino Resort. Go for the live shows. Go for the win. More live post-game show. John McMullen joining us in a few. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. Glass is for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. 
Is the length of the glass equal to your- You betcha. But is it made out of- Glass? Yo, okay, but is the rip- Smooth? Will you stop doing- That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub. And in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Looking at the chat, just looking at the chat, I think most people are on the same page with us. Uh, Jalen Rager's not that good at football, uh, which yeah. is a problem. Um, Jazz Fusion, great name, says Exume Fulgham. Fulgham, where did he end up? He's not with the Eagles anymore. Where, where, where is he at? You remember off the top of your head? I don't even know if anybody's picked him up, to be honest with you. I thought he was a picked up by somebody. Maybe uh, the Raiders? Mm -hmm. Was it the Raiders? Um. That's I got nothing. Good. Bottom line is not with the Eagles anymore. So there you go. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, let's get the inside scoop with a man that is on the scene at Lincoln Financial Field. John McMullen joins us from the link, and he's presented by Mesa Law and Associates. Need a tough injury lawyer? Call Mesa and Associates. Johnny Mac, what's up? How are you guys? The Eagles took fantastic. care of business. So that's <laughs> what they had to do today against a very banged up Saints team, and they were able to do it. So give them credit. Uh, speaking of banged up, let's just get the injury news out of the way. What do we know about Jordan Howard so far? What do we know about Darius Slay? Well, Darius Slay is already uh, in the concussion protocol, so that's going to be uh, obviously something to keep an eye on as we go into next week. Basically, uh, that means he's not going to be clear till Saturday at the earliest if he can get clear. And obviously, he's playing at a tremendously High level, third touchdown to uh, this season today on the pick six. Uh, so he's playing at a very high level. He's obviously a player the Eagles need. That kind of, that little hiccup when they got a little bit too conservative offensively, and I don't want to say the Saints got back in the game, but at least there was 
a little of here we go again type thing. Uh, that was, you know, when Slay was out to also they were able to move uh, the football a little bit more easily, the Saints. Uh, so that's a big one. Jordan Howard, we still don't know, but I, I'm concerned when he first got hurt. I, I thought it was a shoulder. Um, remember back when he was here the first time, and all of a sudden they say a knee, and that 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 one concerns me. Mm. So we're just still waiting to hear more information, I guess, on Jordan Howard. Yeah, uh, and obviously, you know, they're going to have to go through the MRIs and that. Right. Nick didn't offer up any information on 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 on, and the only thing we got on Darius Slay was from the PR protocol. department. He's already in the protocol. Right. Um, so the Jalen, obviously, Jordan Howard is. Uh, playing so effectively and running north-south, and you saw what happened today. I mean, the Eagles ran for, I think it ended up being 242 yards against the number one ranked run defense in the NFL. Third time in four games. This is Philadelphia's Nirvana. I mean, three times in four games over 200 yards rushing. They're averaging 217 over the last four games, it, it's been amazing. A lot of that has to do with the offensive line. A lot of it has to do with Jalen Hurts. People are so mm-hmm. concerned with his ability to run the football, and obviously he takes it in three times. That last run by Jalen Hurts was something else, mm-hmm. um, and everybody was in awe of that one. But just his presence on the field yep. makes it easier for all the running backs and Look, they have their identity, and and again, it's exactly what the city wants it to be. Are you concerned with the the, the fumbles? Now, uh, I understand Miles had been out for three games, came back, had a great game. But you know, as as Mark mentioned earlier in this show, uh, officially he fumbled one time. Yeah, unofficially, it looked like he uh, unofficially it looked like he fumbled another time. Are you worried about Miles with the ball security element of his game? <laughs> A little bit. I mean, you have to be. I asked him that question, uh, uh, and, and he, you know, let, let's be honest, they never both blow plays dead anymore. He got lucky on that right. second fumble. Exactly. Uh, and that was the only offense New Orleans had early in the game, and even then they kept backing up and backing up, and they finally, you know, Trevor Simeon just looked, he, looked like he threw it up and said, what the hell, we can't do anything. I'll just <laughs> throw it up. And, and they ended up scoring a touchdown. But, yeah, I mean – Look, Nick said he wasn't concerned, but the start of the second half, it was Boston Scott. It was not Miles Sanders. And then after Jordan Howard came out of the game with that injury, then he put Miles Sanders back in the game, and he had some effective runs. And you look at the end, and he's got whatever he ended up with, 94 yards, and you say, mm-hmm. oh, that's pretty good. But there was some concern, and because you can't put the football on the ground twice, especially in your you know deep backed up in your own territory. And that's what happened. He got lucky on one uh, and he fumbled the other. John, it was um, an, not, an undeniably good game. Great win, not taking away from that. But uh, are you concerned or was there any concern or questions voiced uh, in these post-game press conferences about uh, the lack of play and scoring in the second half and how it was kind of a tale of two halves? Um, no, not really. I mean, it's kind of the NFL. It, you do lose your sense of urgency. The Eagles blew this team out, and then they kind of took their foot off the gas. And Nick mm-hmm. Nick Sirianni admitted he got a little bit too conservative. 
Um, and it was actually the J.J. Ortega-Whiteside play of all people. I heard you guys talking about Jalen Rager. Another game, he gets one touch for negative yards. Mm. And, um, you know, J.J. makes the big play, his first catch yeah. of the season. Yeah. Um, I tried to get Nick Sirianni. I, I was like, was he targeted on that play? I mean, <laughs> it was amazing to me. And he didn't want to give up. I can't imagine he was. Because that would have been, you know, that would yeah. have been some testicular fortitude, so to speak, at a big situation to go to go at J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. And he made a big play, and he deserves, deserves a lot of credit for it. But, yeah, I mean, this receiving group is – and it's been this way since – they changed their identity. The only two players they throw it to are Devonte Smith and Dallas Goddard, and they've both been very, very good. But it would it would it would be nice to have that third option. But they don't have it right now, and they're doing the best with with what they can do and the strengths of their team. And the strength of their strengths of their team are the offensive line and a quarterback who could run the football. He's the best running quarterback, not named Lamar Jackson, in this league. Simple as that. Uh, yep, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, when it comes to that particular J.J. I think a Whiteside play, uh, that was a good play, and I'm not trying to take anything away from him. Even though if you really go back and watch the whole show, it probably sounds like I'm trying to take something away from him. But if he <laughs> if he holds that block, John, on the uh, screen play to Devontae Smith, that's a touchdown. It was his guy that got yeah, off that yeah, block. Yeah, but they, they had that set up well. But that's another mm -hmm. thing. They, they had three offensive linemen about six yards downfield. Yes. I don't, know. I don't know what these officials call. They call mm -hmm. guys downfield two yards, three yards. Then he got three guys weighing 300 pounds. I'm exaggerating a little bit. Right. But they were way downfield. And that's not a penalty. I, mm -hmm. I don't. Sometimes I don't. Oh know no 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 no! I'm not talking about I'm not talking about the um uh the the, the offensive pass interference. I'm talking about the screenplay to Devontae Smith, not the one that he was going to throw to Dallas. No Goddard. no no! Oh, that's, oh. Yeah, that that screen. I know he okay. got called for for the pick play, and that was sort of I I I don't know. You see that happen all the time in the NFL as well. I when that originally when they threw that flag, I thought they were going to get Dallas for offensive pass interference because he had. And Malcolm Jenkins were yeah. kind of jockeying, um, mm -hmm. and that could have went either way. But that—that's just one of those things. But I hear what you're saying. It's—it's JJ it's, um, though. I mean, look, there's a lot of things to criticize JJ or think of Whiteside about. Mm -hmm. None of them are about <laughs> blocking. Right. I mean, he is a very good blocking receiver. Problem is, you know, you never want to be described as a good blocker in right. this league when you're a receiver. You get paid to catch the football. He doesn't catch the football. Mm. But he did today, once. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey John, uh, why do you think they, they – my battle cry earlier in the season was give Boston Scott his chance. Finally, they did that. Why do you think they don't give Greg Ward more of an opportunity? He's a sure-handed guy. He's a slot guy. But I'm just surprised that they don't give him more of an opportunity. Well, I, I think the hope from early on, you know, Greg is, as you mentioned, uh, Derek, he's a very hard worker. He's got good hands. He, he he doesn't make mental mistakes. He doesn't make mental errors. But, for you know, dating back to Doug Peterson, they've always wanted more speed, more athleticism on the field. Uh, and that's what they want with Nick Sirianni. So 
that's why Quez Watkins is on the field. That's why Jalen Rager's on the field. But mm-hmm. at some point, yeah, you, you do think, you know, if, if guys aren't giving you anything, um, what does it hurt to at least try uh, the other players you have at your disposal? Mm-hmm. And we've seen enough of Greg Ward to know that he can do some things. But yep. as far as this offense goes, Right now, and how it's being run, I, I don't, I don't think it, it's necessarily about Jalen Rager's ineffectiveness or or Quez Watkins not developing as much as people would hope. They're just not throwing the football a lot right now right, because right. they're having such success running it. And mm-hmm. when they do throw it, the guys who are going to get the targets are Devontae and Dallas Goddard. Mm-hmm. Until it's not working. I don't think it matters. Now, mm. when somebody stops it and, and then you start asking the questions and you need to throw the football, right. then then it's going to be legitimate. But right now I can't blame them because nobody can stop the running game. Yeah, John, we talked uh, a bit about offense, but something that's come up in this show both last week and this week uh, and just – throughout Eagles fans everywhere uh, is Jonathan Gannon. And I know you're a Gannon fan. And uh, I think when it comes to coaching, you know, we've kind of eased up on Nick Sirianni as he's improved. Uh, A lot of people are now all in on Gannon after basically tearing him to pieces after his lack of a scheme uh, for a while there, pretty much up until last week. Uh, What is your opinion on him? You know, can we trust him yet? Can we lean all the way into Jonathan Gannon or are we still uh, a little bit hesitant to go all in on him? Well, he, I, you know, he's he's a good defensive coach. I've said that week one. I'll say right. week 10. I'll say week 17, week 18, no matter where this team ends up, um, to have some personnel deficiencies. When guys like Mike Zimmer swear by you and guys like Emmett Thomas swear by you, and that's pretty much the people, uh, a, a lot of people are in uh, Jonathan Gannon's corner. Brandon Staley would be another one. Um, it's not like he doesn't know football. It's it's easier. It seems common sense. Defense looked pretty good with Trevor Simeon out there. Um, it's a little bit more difficult when you're playing against Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes and Dak Prescott. And that was the early portion of the Eagles schedule. And they didn't look very good. At one point, I think Simeon was five for 16. So we, and rightfully so, and, and JG himself admitted Look, I'm a I'm a secondary guy. Hmm. So when you give up 80%, 90% in the case of Derek Carr completion rate, that's not good. Um, but you know, all of a sudden the schedule turns in the Simeons of the world. Next week it's gonna be Daniel Jones. Next week after that, it's gonna be probably Zach Wilson. Yep. Or maybe who knows what the Jets, they might stick with Joe Flacco. Who knows? Um, it's easier. So, I, I mean, you could say the scheme is different. It's not different. It's just it's easier to blitz Trevor Simeon than Tom Brady. So you blitz him more. Well, so are you saying that moving forward, if we play a different team, we might see the passive defense once again? Yeah, yeah. You might see the passive defense, the cover two defense, which, by the way, I'm not a fan of. I've never been a fan of it. Um, so it's not like I can't criticize Jonathan Gannon. Um, yeah, I mean, if you don't have confidence in the fact that, look, there's still personnel deficiencies on this team, right. especially a linebacker, and they lost Davion Taylor. That's another 
injury we didn't mention who's playing better. TJ Edwards had another uh, good game, but look, TJ Edwards is, is an undrafted player out of Wisconsin and, you know, Derek's home. So, you know, you know, the Badgers well, but undrafted is undrafted. You see somebody like Micah Parsons having the year he's having in Dallas, although I think they're getting beat pretty handily today. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But the athleticism, we've seen it with Devin White in Tampa Bay and the run to the Super Bowl. Um, You saw a little bit today and uh, Demario Davis, Fred Warner early Mm -hmm. in the season. The Eagles don't have those types of linebackers. If you go into Gannon's history with Darius Leonard in Indianapolis and Eric Kendricks and Anthony Barr, when he gets those types of linebackers, you're going to see some different things. Right. And you already saw Alex Singleton in the A-gap. That's that's Mike Zimmer to a T. I mean, that's what he does. Um, and Avante Maddox off the slot. That's that overload blitz. So you're you're seeing it evolve, but it's 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 an evolution. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you look at Jalen Hurts in this game, John, and you're in, how would you sum up his performance today? How many steps forward in the argument of franchise quarterback is this for a guy like Jalen Hurts? Well, I wish we could. I know we can't, but I wish we could stop saying he's the franchise quarterback after a win. He's not the franchise quarterback after a loss. It's right. all, uh, you know, it, it's all information that you gather and you try to figure out and look i just said you know running the football and not just jalen running the football what he does to opposing defenses that allows jordan howard to get the space that he's gotten during this run boston's gotten today miles sanders he makes a difference on opposing defenses and nick seriani talked about it today again uh, and that's why he is the crux, <clears throat> along with the offensive line, obviously. He's the crux, crux of why this running game is so effective. Um, and the Eagles have shifted, uh, as we know, from heavy read option, throwing the football early in the season to running the football over this sort of stretch. So then you start to say, OK, what's he doing throwing the football? That part is still a work in progress doesn't matter today because you blew out the Saints early. It was 33-7. to Uh, The guts of the game still holds on to the football a little bit too long at times. You'd like to see him trust what he's seeing, get the football out of his hands. You know, that one pass to Miles down the sidelines, you wanted to sort of, you know, hit them both. Miles, go after the football. Jalen, put some mustard on that. It's probably a touchdown either way if one of them does, or it's Mm. a big play. If Miles goes and, and tries to come back to the football or Jalen just puts a little bit more on it. Uh, so it's still a work in progress for throwing the football. And I think most people recognize that. But that but that's that's a part of the the evolution of, of Jalen Hurts. You know, we knew coming into the season he wasn't a complete quarterback. As we watched him evolve early in the season, we realized that he's not a 30, 35 pass a game type guy you know and and he's much more efficient as we've watched this running game evolve if you keep him in that 18 to 23 24 5 pass range um i think he's a much more efficient professional athlete whether he's throwing the football or pulling it out and running it himself that makes him that much more of a dangerous weapon 
Yeah, you're right. I mean, there's no question about it. He's much more effective uh, this version than the early season version uh, where the Eagles were putting so much on his plate as a thrower. Um, and, and they've scaled it back a little bit. So, you know, long-term, if you want to talk about long-term, it's got to do more with organizational philosophy. We all know right. Jeffrey Lurie wants, uh, he thinks the, the, the way to win consistently in this league um, is to have a high-powered passing offense in the modern NFL. That's what he believes. Uh, will Jalen Hurts change his mind? I don't know. I don't know that answer. Uh, but I do know that the margin of Jeffrey is right. The margin of error decreases if you can't throw the ball consistently mm -hmm. in this league. Mm -hmm. You can win, but the margin of error decreases. All right, John, I, I need to know, uh, I know this is, this is going to be a tough question, but I, I think the overall narrative is now, can we, are the birds back? Are the birds going to the playoffs? Can we finally be a playoff team? You know, this season has been all over the place. I'm confused. You know, we went from rock bottom to now all of a sudden I'm like, do I believe? Do I have hope? What do you think? Well, I think the, the easiest way and people should be excited about you're going to see meaningful football in December. Right. So okay. everybody is in it in the NFC because of the extra wild card spot, obviously, uh, the additional playoff team except Detroit, literally everybody. <laughs> um, and the Eagles are among that group. I forget who I think Carolina won uh, lost today. Washington won. Um, mm -hmm. uh, I think Minnesota ended up beating green Bay. Yep. So I think they're five and five. Uh, so, you know, Washington, as I mentioned, got their fourth win, but what's good for the Eagles is they beat the Falcons. Um, they beat the Panthers, and now they've beaten the Saints, who are in the mix uh, for that final wild card spot. So they're they're sort of ringing up tiebreakers, and that part of it is is really really positive. Uh, and the Cowboys, yes, are losing right now, sixteen to three to the uh, to the Kansas City Chiefs. So so there you go. There you go. And it seems like you're saying yes, by the way, as being pointed out by our fearless producer, Xander, on all of this, John. You seem like you believe the Eagles could even win out. Derek Gunn had him winning out a second well, ago. I, I, 11 not, wins. I don't think this, wait, 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 I, wait. I don't think this team is capable of putting out. Wait, but, wait. I said potentially but they could uh, win out. Semantics. And let semantics. me emphasize again. Let me put an emphasis on the word potentially. They could run the table. When you look at the craziness that has happened across the board, uh, in the National Football League, it is very much in the realm of reality that this team, on the momentum they are now, feeling good about themselves, identifying themselves as a running football team that nobody can stop right now, potentially, when you look at the opponents they're facing, potentially, they could run the table. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, the, well, that's the thing the Eagles have over all those other teams I mentioned. And, you know, throw San Francisco. I think San Francisco won as well. Uh, that is the one team that beat the Eagles, so they have the tie-breaking advantage if it came down to those two teams. Um, they have the easiest schedule the rest of the way. Yep. And, it's you know, it starts the Frank Sinatra portion of the schedule, New York, New York, uh, Giants, Jets. They're not good. You better get one of them if you don't get two. <laughs> um, 
and then obviously you, you play Washington twice. Uh, you play the Giants again. So it comes down to that NFC East schedule. And Dallas, you know, this probably hurts. Because if you're looking week 18 in Dallas, the the Cowboys might have nothing to play for. Right. right. If they're not playing for the number one seed, if they're already locked into a certain seed, um, you might not even see Dak Prescott. So I hear what uh, Derek is saying. There's the potential because of how easy the schedule is. I just don't think this team is talented enough to make that kind of run mm-hmm. and not have one hiccup right. along the way. I, I agree with that. But even if one hiccup happens along the way, that's still all of a sudden a 10-win team. How about that? Uh, or John two. McC- yeah, right. <laughs> two, two hiccups. Yeah, a nine-win team. I'll take nine wins. Again, <laughs> hey, you're giving me meaningful <laughs> games in December, John. Meaningful. Right, that's right. all you want. That's all you want <laughs> for Christmas is hey, meaningful football. Hey, right. hey, John, let me ask you this before, before we let you go. Let's say Jalen Hurts plays – from this point on, moving forward to the end of the season, exactly the way we've watched him play the last couple of games. In your mind, if even if he doesn't improve significantly, but although we've seen him improve up to this point, would you be comfortable with Jalen Hurts as your quarterback for 2022 so that you can put emphasis on building up other areas of your team, especially the defensive side of the team, in terms of getting younger and better? Yeah, I, I, I think it always depends. First of all, yes, I would be comfortable. There's right. nothing wrong, even if you consider someone a bridge quarterback. There's nothing there's nothing that says a bridge quarterback is only for one year. Right. Um, so a lot of it depends on uh, evaluation. Uh, I'm not particularly in love with this quarterback draft. Now, the one name mm-hmm. that NFL people, and I've mentioned this before, is Kenny Pickett. So if you like Kenny Pickett, then go get Kenny Pickett. If your evaluation says he's going to be a star, go get him. In other words, if if the Eagles had the opportunity to get Trevor Lawrence, who, you know, people can say what they want. He's in Jacksonville. It's not meaning somebody's going to be an immediate star, but people in this league think he is the best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck, at least. I'm taking Trevor Lawrence. But, you know, because he's that type of, of prospect. But you don't have that type of prospect in this draft. So I have no problem uh, going forward with Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. And if you re- revisit things in 2022 and there's a different quarterback available, then you, you're you always trying to get better. And Jalen knows that. Everybody knows that. Certainly. John McMullen joining us from Lincoln Financial Field, presented by uh, no other than Mesa and Associates. Need a tough injury lawyer? Call Mesa and Associates. John, great catching up, man. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, That's uh, the great John McMullen checking in from Lincoln Financial Field. We'll recap that and unpack it when we return. But I do want to let you know, of course, you are uh, listening to live postgame show, watching on 6abc.com and the Jacob Media YouTube channel. And we are Uh, exclusively presented by Ocean Casino Resort. Go for the live shows. Go for the win. Live uh, post-game show. More of that when we return. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go to get your spin on. Go to get your spa on. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub. And in your drink. Go for the steaks. And the steak. 
Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. You know you like being right. That's why you should enroll in an Independence Blue Cross plan. It's the health plan chosen by more people than any other. With more doctors and hospitals. More benefits that really rock. More of the coverage you want for the right price, including free doctor visits 24-7. It's a choice you can feel good about. Because when you're right, you're right. And when you've got Independence Blue Cross, you're right where you need to be. Call 1-844-200-2583 today to get an Independence Blue Cross plan. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back live post-game show. If you're enjoying what you're seeing here, just think what you can see on the rest of the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Like tomorrow morning, Birds 365 with Jody Mack and Johnny Mack, brought to you by First Trust Bank, the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. So as we said, a lot to unpack from uh, John McMullen right there. Uh, Let's start it off with this one here, with Jalen Hurts. Uh, I've well-documented throughout the entire year. I have rooted hard for Jalen Hurts. I want him to be the guy going forward. It's a matter of whether or not he can go on the football field and prove that. And I know some of the naysayers last week were saying, oh, all his numbers were in the first half. To that, I said what I thought was very smart and eloquent, if I may say so myself, uh, so what? <laughs> and then on top of that, uh, he comes out in this game, and although the passing numbers don't look all that great, they would look a lot better if J.J. Ortega-Whiteside would have held that one block. Dallas Goddard catches the ball for a first down later in the game. This would have look, looked a lot better. The bottom line when you have a quarterback is in any way, shape, or form, find a way to win he found a way to win this football game he found a way to keep his offense moving especially when it mattered most when it, when they started to sputter a little bit 
And again, they wouldn't have if a couple of things would have went their way, if other guys, like I said, held a block, caught a football, whatever it might be. But throughout this entire game, I was impressed with Jalen Hurts, what he was able to do to make sure that his team stayed in front. And I made the comparison earlier, but I'll never forget being a little kid, little tiny kid, watching that Monday Night Football game with Randall Cunningham being able to get that touchdown and stay aboard as he uh, took that hit from Carl Banks, found I'm blanking on who he found in the end zone. Was it Mike Quick that he hit in the end zone for the touchdown? Uh, that play reminded me that Jalen Hurts made today where he able to, he's able to break the linebacker or the, me, the defensive lineman's ankles and then run 24 yards for that touchdown that gave him 40 points in this game. That, for me, was the exclamation point Jalen Hurts needed, and it's exactly what the Eagles needed when they needed, when they needed it, and Jalen Hurts was the guy that provided it. So I am only looking at a guy like Jalen Hurts that continues to climb that hill as to whether or not he's the franchise quarterback as opposed to falling down it. Yeah, uh, someone in the comments, EJW Ski, just said without Hurts, they would be a two-win team right now. And I Probably. If you are still anti-Hurts, you haven't been paying attention. Uh, you know, I've been his fan um, throughout this season. I know he's had his moments that weren't so great, and I know we still have some concerns over accuracy. And uh, I just think this guy's leadership is incredible and his will to mm -hmm. win, you know, we talked about him diving on that third down, putting it all on the line. Uh, we saw him go up to Miles Sanders after that horrible fumble we mentioned that could have been a game killer and comforting him. He's a true leader on this team, you know, skills aside. Um, but I also do have a fun fact here for those Ooh. who are still in the, you know, quarterback controversy camp. Uh, Jalen Hurts has won more games this season than Carson Wentz did all season for the Eagles last year. Boy, you talking about digging up uh, corpses, man. Well, yeah. so no, I, I bring wow. that up because I said, I said this last week and I'm so anti look, I went to Pitt. love Kenny Pickett. He's great right. for Pitt. I do not want to draft him or any quarterback in the, especially in the first rounds. I, we cannot handle another quarterback controversy. And I think it's totally unnecessary at this point. I've said it before. I'll say it again. We need to spend all of our early draft picks, especially on defensive talent, not quarterbacks. I'm with you. Here, here's what I love the most about a, a Jalen hurts is his poise and his confidence in the face of adversity. Uh, especially when things were not going well for him early on in the season after the Eagles open the season with the win, then they go and lose a couple of games and all the, all the negativity is raining down on him. And, you know, we've talked about this throughout the course of this season, all the controversy and the whispers and the rumors, even before our season kicked off about, is he day to day, week to week? And don't think he didn't hear those comments, whether directly or indirectly, because he does hear those comments. And how, how, how they must have played in the back of his mind about mm -hmm. what, what the coaching staff must think of him, how the general public perceives him to be, but yet he never showed uh, any type of emotions of discomfort or, uh, or um, uncertainty when he would step in front of a mic. If you've watched his facial demeanor, it has remained the same. He doesn't get too high. He doesn't get too low. He's very authoritative when he speaks. He's a very positive individual. And as, and as Devin just talked about, um, he's a leader. You know, when, when his teammate made a mistake, he's running over there, pumping him up again. And that's what a leader does. And when you're a friend, when you're considered the lead quarterback of the National Football League 
everything you do is magnified 10 times more so than any other position on the field, whether it's offense or defense. And players are looking at you constantly, especially proven veteran players are looking to see how you're going to handle situations. Guys like the Jason Kelsey's, the Lane Johnson's, uh, the Fletcher Cox's, uh, so on and so forth, Darius Slays, they want to see how this kid handles the face of adversity. And he has stood, he's with so far withstood the test of time in terms of how he's handled himself. He hasn't rattled and he's consistently getting better. We've talked, that's been a theme throughout the course of this season on this show, getting better, improving. And that's exactly what we're seeing from him. Now, yes, the Eagles and Nick Sirianni have scaled back in terms of what they are asking him to do, especially in the passing game. But when he's had his opportunities, he's continued to make plays. Has he missed some throws? So what? Every quarterback misses throws. But he's been able to use that athleticism in big ways, especially today, three touchdowns. That last touchdown was a thing of beauty. That crossover he did was a thing of beauty. That's the more of the Jalen Hurts I want to see. That's his game. That was his game in college. And finally, Nick Sirianni is honing in on that aspect of his game at this particular time of the season. And throughout the entire process, you're hearing him talk about how he's above it all. Well, yeah, other people exactly. are trying to trying to bait exactly. him into, oh, well, what exactly. do you think about the Sean Watson conversation? Exactly. I'm above it all. Exactly. I'm above it all. What do you That's think about those other tra- Exactly. Yeah. It, it's 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 great to see that. And it's great to hear it. And even when you talk about games where his numbers have been off the charts, uh, did we win? No, then I don't want to talk about it. Right. That I mean, that's we. This is what we beg of our athletes. Every single athlete mm-hmm. that plays in Philadelphia, any athlete that you root for, this is what you beg of them: that they just keep a good head on their shoulders, they maintain a positive attitude, and they keep on working their butts off. And that's exactly what Jalen Hurts has been doing throughout this entire year. He said, you know what? I, I know I wasn't supposed to be the guy. I was drafted as a second-round pick to be a backup to Carson Wentz. I shouldn't even be sniffing the football field. And now all of a sudden, through the last four games of last year as the Eagles starting quarterback, he said, this is my opportunity. They yeah. trade Carson Wentz in the offseason. This is my opportunity. Well, what about the outside noise? Yeah, I'm not listening to any of that because this is my chance. If it wasn't going to be here in Philadelphia – Jalen Hurts had the mindset that he was going to put the best possible version of himself on film. And then finally, he had a head coach that say, you know what, let me put my quarterback in the best possible position to have success, which is having a run first offense, allowing him to use his athleticism, let that maturity grow as he becomes a better thrower in this league. And that's where we'll start to see the best version of him. Those two things have come together beautifully over the last four weeks. And now we're looking at a team that over those four weeks is three and one which I never thought in a million years I'd be looking at this Eagles team saying, wow, look at this. Look what they were able to improve, too. I mean, we had um, Brandon Graham on the show a couple of weeks ago. He, oh, was, yeah. talking about, he was talking about the playoffs. And we're like, get out of here. Get out of here. And, and, we, were, and, we, were, and we were laughing at him. And we were laughing <laughs> at Brandon Graham's face. And now all of a sudden, here we are. Six games left in the season. Win out. That's an 11-win season. Hey, you have one hiccup, have two hiccups. You're still talking about those meaningful games in December. And a lot of it's because Nick Sirianni has improved since day one, and Jalen Hurts has improved since day one as well. And he wouldn't be able to improve like that had it not been for his strong mindset. I don't care if Nick Sirianni – I don't care if Jalen Hurts throws five passes a game. If the team wins, that's all they care about. That's all the organization cares about. That's all the fan base cares about. That's all the media should care about is that this team is still relevant when it counts the most in mid to late December and early January. Mm-hmm. By the way, I, uh, I, I want to make sure I give this guy's credit because I don't think he made too many plays for the Eagles, but he certainly made this one. Um, 
I'm trying to get his name. It wasn't Mike Quick in the end zone when uh, he took when Randall Cunningham took the hit. It was Jimmy Giles, baby. Jimmy Giles. Jimmy wow. Giles, corner of wow. the end zone, touchdown from Randall Cunningham. That wow. was the Carl Banks play right there. That's who he found. Look at me. I wish I remembered that. I didn't, unfortunately. Uh, when we come back, we got to give away our game balls because it's yet another victory. There's a lot of people in this particular game that were very impressive. We'll give away our game balls when we return. It's always good to do that after a victory, which we will get to do momentarily here on Live Post Game Show. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears go for the midnight dares go for the memories go for the view it goes on forever go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink go to bed whenever you want or don't go for him Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Don't forget, people. Don't forget to check us out at uh, the Jacob Media YouTube channel for those that are watching us right now on 6abc.com. And also don't forget the people that are Jacob Media. Check us out at 6abc.com as well. But listen, 
Don't forget to like and share the Jacob Media YouTube page as well. So make sure you guys check that out. And don't forget, we are fueled by Stateside Vodka. See the scroll below. Use promo code Jacob for 15% off. That's promo code Jacob for 15% off a popular Stateside Vodka soda. So make sure you guys check that out as well. 15% off the very popular Stateside Vodka Soda, which I've enjoyed on a number of occasions. And it's uh, more so in the beginning of the season because I needed it. Uh, but currently, uh, it's just out of celebration nowadays, which I greatly appreciate. Uh, we're we've been talking a lot about Jalen Hurts throughout the entire show. We've been talking a lot about Nick Sirianni and Jonathan Gannon. We're going to give away our game balls in just a second. Uh, but one thing, uh, we talked a lot about Miles Sanders earlier in the show, and Gunner and Devin, obviously, we, we weighed in on this. But if Jordan Howard has to miss a substantial amount of time, are you concerned about Miles Sanders going forward in the fumbling issue, or are you more of uh, this is just a matter of kicking off the rust? I think uh, we give him, you know, like you mentioned earlier, the benefit of the doubt. I, I think, you know, Miles Sanders, we all know, is an elite running back. I think he can just get it get it together. I know he knows he made mistakes today, so hopefully he learns from them. Um, I do know, and I meant to ask John McMullen about this when he was on earlier. We talked to him about just keeping all of the running backs on the roster, including Kenneth Gainwell. So I wonder if that is a possibility, if Jordan Howard is out. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if that will even help anything because I know – Kenneth Gainwell has had some big plays for us, but he also hasn't had some great ones. So I think everyone has their moments. Uh, and I think Miles Sanders will learn from this one. Gunner, same yeah. category. Yeah. Um, that's, that's the great thing about having depth at the running back position or at any position for that matter, uh, and that you have these interchangeable parts. They all bring a different style. So if Jordan Howard is out for a while, you like the battering Ram approach that you have, with the Jordan Howard, which they didn't have at the beginning of the season because of its effectiveness in terms of wearing down would-be tacklers. But you still have three quality backs. There are a lot of teams out there that can't go four deep uh, in a backfield in the National Football League. As much as you would like to have Jordan Howard available, Jordan Howard's out, Kenneth Gainwell's in. Miles Sanders mm -hmm. out, Boston Scott is in. So you have that depth. Um, and so you'd hate to see Jordan Howard be out for any length of time, but you have to feel good about the fact that, well, now that Miles is back, as long as he can stay healthy, you still have a good trio of backs at your disposal to attack your opponents in the future. All right. It's that time in the program we like to get to every single week. And when it's a rough week, we we, we frown upon it because we don't want to take footballs away from people. We want to give game balls away. Anyone want to go first? When it comes to giving a game ball to someone that really whose star really shown today? I'll go first and Stegun usually likes to pick on me and makes me go first anyways. <laughs> I, I mean, I try to shake it up. You know, last week I went to explain it knowing or assuming you guys would choose uh, some offensive players. Um, how do you not choose Jalen Hurts after this game? Like he had three rush, rushing touchdowns. Uh, he has eight this year. That's the most for a quarterback in the NFL. Uh, he's just playing amazing. And I think we all need to keep in mind that this is his first season as quarterback number one. Mm -hmm. uh, he's showing so much promise for those who don't think he can be an elite quarterback. You know, have you been paying attention to Jalen Hurts, especially these recent games? He's been playing incredibly. He's such a leader. Um, big fan. He has to get the game ball. Game ball from Devin Caney goes to Jalen Hurts. D-Gun. Wow. Uh, I'm going to go with big play Darius Slay. Oh, look at you. you. Third interception in four games, touchdowns. Uh, he's having a phenomenal year, arguably a Pro Bowl-type season. Last two games, Jonathan uh, Gannon has allowed him to play, which I think he's more effective playing in terms of coming up and playing bump and run with wide receivers. 
so hopefully, you know, I know he's in concussion protocol now, but hopefully he doesn't miss any games. Uh, I, I, I got to give it to, I got to give it to my man, big play slate. You know, he is so particular that I was like relieved for him to get an interception return for a touchdown. Right, right. Because even after the first re- first touchdown he had, uh, what was against the Lions, when when uh, Avante Maddox punched it out, he picked it up, scoop and score. It was his first of two scoop and scores. He said after the first one, uh, yeah, it would have been better if it was an interception. Right. And I'm like, what the? Look how particular yeah. you are. Yeah. And yeah. then he finally gets the pick six in this game. Uh, and took it to the house. And you knew from the second he caught it, you knew he was gone on that. So that was great to say. Also, Avante Maddox said after the game, you know, I always tease Darius Slay that he's old, but I guess he's still 21. So good for him. Mm. So he's still showing that speed. Uh, my game ball, uh, it comes to, uh, we love guys that will fight for one another. And Jalen Hurts, definitely worthy up there, uh, no question. Uh, Gunner, no question. Darius Slay up there, three touchdowns, I basically believe. I don't know if it, it rang true even through the Lions game today, but he has more touchdowns than the Lions over the last three weeks. So go for it. Ouch. Ouch. Uh, my game ball today, Jordan Mailata. Okay. Okay. Owning people on the offensive yeah. line yeah. today. Yeah. Uh, Camp George, see you later. A little, a little stiff arm to him, to his uh, mug. Knocked him down. Got into it with Davenport after Davenport yep. knocked Jalen Hurts out. And then – he got into it again with Davenport later in the game where they had a little scrum on the floor, on the ground there. Mm-hmm. Jordan Mailata showed me so much in this game. We know how much he's matured and improved as a left tackle in the NFL. We know that already. Right. But to take over the leadership role, him going back and forth with Landon Dickerson throughout the week about who's a fridge and who's a house and who's a walk-in freezer and whatever, like that was great. And then to see him come out of the football field and stick up for his young quarterback, was great to see to see him own that position in the left side of the line of scrimmage. That was great to see. Jordan Mailata gets my game ball because on a game like today, when the offensive line played as great as they have as they have, and while we've been talking about Miles Sanders and we've talking about Jordan Howard and Boston Scott and maybe maybe Kenny Gainwell, the offensive line has been the constant. And we have yet to give a game mm-hmm. ball to any offensive lineman throughout this year. And I'd like to give a game ball today to Jordan Mailata for what he was able to do in this game, both as a leader and just as a one-man wrecking crew on the left side of that line of scrimmage. So that's why I go Jordan Mailata as my guy. Uh, I know we met, we mentioned it. Odds. Just what would you say? Going forward, six games left in the year. How are the Eagles going to fare in the next six games here? Can they, can, they, can they get to 11 wins on the season? Can they go 5-1? and one? Can they go 6-0, and 4-2? Oh, and two? How the, How's the rest of the season shake out from this point on? I would be extremely shocked if they didn't go at least four and two over the last six. Four at and least, two. All right. At least four and two. A minimum of four and two. And the tricky game, obviously, is that last game against Dallas because sure. we don't know what position Dallas will be in at this at that particular time. But I say even before they 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 get to that Dallas game, they should win at least four of the next five. I mean, I know. Washington's starting to play better now. They're finding their niche now. They've come up with back-to-back impressive wins. Uh, the Giants, we're going to see what the Giants look like uh, tomorrow night um, as well. So, you know, uh, we're going to have different opinions about the Giants after we see them up close and personal tomorrow night. Divisional games are always tough to pick, but the way the Eagles are rolling right now, especially in a running game, I'm going to say 4-2 and two over the last six. 4-2? and two. Mm-hmm. Devin Caney, what do you got? 
You know, I was going to go four and two just because this NFL season is so bananas. You never know what's going to happen week in and week out. Um, I think Washington football team, for some reason, is a little bit, I, I don't want to say scary, just unpredictable. Uh, okay. I, I, I'll i go five and one, though, to change five things and up. One? Like I said last week, if we stay healthy, five and one. Five if one. not, that will change. But well, I'm going to go five and one for now. Well, look, I'm just, I, I just, I just want to say that uh, I'm embarrassed. I'm, I'm, I'm embarrassed because I, I thought I was on the doing a show with a couple of optimistic people. Six and zero. Oh. I'm going six and zero oh the rest of the no. way. No hiccups. Hey, hey, look at the comments. EJW Ski says no game ball for JJ. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And on that note, oh, there's, there's no better way to sign off than that. Uh, yeah. EJW, you guys, uh, uh, Eric's <laughs> also saying 17 JJ. games. Let's not forget. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm partying at 6-0. and oh. Why not? I'll, I'll ride that. I'll ride that. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us. Everyone in the comments, thanks so much. Uh, for Devin Caney, for Derek Gunn, thanks so much for, for Xander Krause, also producing the program as well. My name is Mark Barzetta. Thanks for watching. Live post-game show that is exclusively presented by Ocean Casino Resort. Go for the live show. Go for the win. We'll see you guys next week, hopefully after a fine Eagles victory over the Giants. Have a great week, everybody. Go Birds. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go to get your spin on. Go to get your spa on. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub. And in your drink. Go for the steaks. And the steak. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. You know you like being right. That's why you should enroll in an Independence Blue Cross plan. It's the health plan chosen by more people than any other. With more doctors and hospitals. More benefits that really rock. More of the coverage you want for the right price, including free doctor visits 24-7. It's a choice you can feel good about. Because when you're right, you're right. And when you've got Independence Blue Cross, you're right where you need to be. Call 1-844-200-2583 today to get an Independence Blue Cross plan. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Go for the midnight dares. 
Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.